Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. If you have your Bibles, turn to the book of 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians. If you're confused where that is, that's right before 2 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. We're in this series called Seeds. Everybody say Seeds. We're talking about planting your life in the things that matter most. And if you were here last week, we talked about priorities. We asked, what's most important? Uh, What do you value above all else? We talked about how you spend your time, your energy, your resources. Well, today I want to talk to you about gratitude. Gratitude. If you're taking notes, the title of the message is, We Express gratitude. I want to talk to you about the seeds of gratitude, especially as we move into this Thanksgiving week. Um, And in fact, I see a lot of notebooks out there. I'm so thankful that you write stuff down, you know, because history makers are note takers. Yes. And so I want you to do this. We did this assignment earlier this week with our staff, and I thought it'd be healthy to bring our church through this. I want you to write down three things that you're thankful for as it relates to the HPC family that you're a part of, okay? Three things, and you can do this online or at your campus right where you are. Jot it either on paper, some of you taking notes on your phone. Write down, as it relates to the Healing Place family, three things that you're thankful for, and then next to it, put why. I'm thankful for, maybe, maybe you have kids and you're thankful for kids district. You're thankful for a, a children's environment where kids are excited to come to church. Some of you, your kids wake you up on Sunday morning and they drag you out of bed and say, we got to get to church. Maybe you're thankful for kids ministry or, or maybe you're thankful for worship. Man, you're just, you walk in here, you feel so blessed, man. We're gifted, anointed, talented. You know you're going to experience the presence of God in worship. You get extra credit if you put your pastor on that list. I'm just saying. Um, Rachel and I, I'm teasing. You saw what I did there? I was fishing for a compliment. I'm a words of affirmation kind of guy, in case you hadn't figured that out. And Rachel and I just feel so blessed to be a part of the team. Volunteers, man, the spirit of this place. Three things you're thankful for as it relates to the HPC family and why. Now, we'll see where this comes into play in just a few moments. First Thessalonians 5.18, Paul says this. Be thankful. Somebody say thankful. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Now, let let me break this down. Be thankful. Notice it's not a suggestion, but it's a command. How many of you have discovered that if God tells you to do something, he's going to give you the capacity to do it? It's not a suggestion, but it's a command. He's saying, be thankful thankful in all circumstances, in all circumstances. In other words, this isn't conditional. It's not based on what happens to you. Now now notice, you don't have to be thankful for all things, but you can be thankful in all things. Am I helping anybody so far? This has been a tough year. 2020 has been a unique year, a challenging year, an exhausting year. I don't know if I'm thankful for all the difficulties of this year, but I can be thankful in the midst of them. Uh, He commands us, be thankful in all things, for this is God's will. Do you you want to know the will of God for your life? I think it starts with gratitude. 
It's impossible to know God's will for you apart from gratitude. The scripture is explicit. For this is the will of God for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Now, I'm going to give you a couple of lists here today. I'm going to give you two lists, and I know I have you write down a lot. I apologize. Today may be a little more academic than what you're used to, but I think it's going to be super helpful because you're, you're going to discover today that grateful people are powerful people. There's, there's tremendous upside to gratitude. I want you to know that grateful people can find a blessing, they can enlarge a blessing, and they can create a blessing. Can I say that again? Grateful people can find a blessing. Like a bloodhound, you can sniff it out. You can find a blessing if you're grateful. You can enlarge a blessing, the good that God has done in your life. It can increase through gratitude, and you can even create a blessing for somebody else. And now let me give you these two lists, and we'll start, I guess, first with the, the not-so-good list. How many of you want the bad news first? We're going to start with the bad news, but finish with the good news, okay? If you're taking notes, I want to give you a couple of quick things as it relates to the absence of gratitude. When there is a lack of gratitude in your life, it creates certain things. And the first thing I wrote down was this, criticism. When, when you lack a thankful spirit, criticism has a way of creeping in. We become critics instead of participants, okay? Uh, let me share this with you quickly. A number of years ago, Rachel and I, uh, I think it was for Thanksgiving holiday, we were out of town visiting family. And uh, while we were away, we went to church. I don't have a whole lot of opportunities to go to any other church. I, I really don't. I'm kind of tied up on Sundays. And I like it. But you know what? There is a, there's a downside that comes with that too because when we went to church, and I know nobody's ever done this, but as soon as we pulled up at this new church, new experience to us, we're with family, holiday season, we pull up on property, I start casing the place. I'm scoping this thing out. And I'm saying, okay, let me check the parking team. How are we doing today? All right, was I greeted when I walked into the door? Come on, I'm the secret shopper now. I'm evaluating and dissecting every part of the church. Oh, I don't know if I care for this seat. I feel a little uncomfortable here. Nobody was friendly to me. Wow, I can't believe that. Church gets started, worship band kicks on, and I'm like, hmm, that ain't our seed. Wow, Doug would have sung that song way better. Oh, let's turn joy loose on that one. These people think they know worship. They don't know. Now, I know. Now look, don't judge me, okay? Don't judge the past. How many of you are appreciative of a pastor that will keep it real in church? Man, I'm having this internal dialogue, and I'm just criticizing everything. And I look, this is during worship. I'm getting ready to turn. Now, Rachel, she's about five foot nothing, okay? I'm getting ready to lean to her and tell her something critical about the worship experience. And when I turned to look at her, you know what I saw? Her hands were lifted up. Tears were coming down her cheeks. <laughs> Fellas, how many of you, God will use your wife to just convict you? It was like the Lord went, man, I was like, God just scolded me right there in that moment. He said, Mike, she's in way better condition than you are. You know why? Because it's easy to get critical when you spectate. 
But when you participate, come on somebody, there's something about engaging your heart and your mind. I didn't come to church to watch you. I came here to meet with God. And when I worship God with you, I experience God even better. You see, a critical spirit is poisonous. But I want you to, sh- I want you to see the power of gratitude. Bitterness cannot grow in the soil of a grateful soul. When you have gratitude in your soul, bitterness can't get rooted in that space. Uh, I think about the children of Israel. You know, it's, it's amazing to me. There is a thing called the complain train. How many of you are familiar with that? How many of you have small kids? And that train seems to circle the tracks. Choo-choo! All aboard! And the devil wants you to onboard the train of complaining. And I think about the children of Israel. And here, God had delivered them from slavery. 400 years of slavery and God brought them out of Egypt. I mean, one supernatural sign after another. Man, they're in the wilderness and here comes manna, the food of angels raining down from heaven. I mean, God brought forth water from a rock. The scripture says their shoes, for 40 years, their shoes didn't even wear out. I'm thinking, okay, Israelites, if you aren't God's favorite, then nobody is. But guess what happened in the wilderness? Choo-choo! All aboard! What'd they do? They complained again and again. And guess what happened? They went in circles. Come on, somebody. 40 years. When you complain, you remain. Come on, somebody. Watch where we're going here. And guess what God had to do? God had to allow an entire generation to die before they entered into the promised land. Can I tell you this? God's going to have to deal with a complaining spirit in your life or you will never walk in your promise. How many of you believe God has a promise for you? God has a promise for your children. Come on, somebody. Well, hey, that complaining spirit has got to go or we'll never walk into the promise. And let me give you a little warning here, okay? Because I know we live in a culture of criticism. It is everywhere. Are y'all on social media? Oh, dear, Lord have mercy. That can be some of the most toxic, critical. Everybody has a platform and a microphone to critique everything. Listen to this warning. I want to give you a warning as your pastor. Responding to the critics around you might be developing the critic in you. When you always respond to the criticism around you, you might be feeding the critic inside of you. The absence of gratitude creates criticism. Let me just say this. It is hard to be hateful when you're grateful. Come on, hum at me today. It's hard to be hateful when you're grateful, but the absence of gratitude creates criticism. Number two, you know what else it creates? Comparison. Comparison. When you're always looking at what everyone else has, it makes you devalue what God has given you. Oh, it's getting quiet in here today. Y'all were shouting me down earlier. I remember when Trevor was young, he he was probably kindergarten or first grade. I picked him up from school and he got in the car. He's like, Dad, I just, look, I... I really need your help on something. Um, All my friends have what's called the Skylanders Giants. Skylanders, everybody has Skylanders Giants. And I I just need a Skylanders Giant. 
And I'm like, son, what are you talking about? Well, it's this kind of action figurine, and it kind of interacts with the PlayStation Wii. Oh, Dad, if you just, if you just give me the Skylanders giant, I promise I will never <laughs> ask for anything ever again. Come on, parents. How many of you heard that one before? I wonder if sometimes God feels the same way about us. Oh, God, please, if you just, I promise I will never. God's just like, you know I love you. I love you. So what, what did we do that evening? We went to Walmart. I said, son, where are the Skyland? Here, Dad, like, right here. Okay, pick out. What do you want? I want this one. Dad, it's this one right here. Okay, fantastic. We got that Skylanders Giants. We went home that night, and our lives have just forever been eternal bliss. You know what's funny is the next day when I picked him up from school, he was like a different kid. He was like, Dad. <laughs> you know what I found out today? That Hunter has 12 Skylanders giants and Carson has 15 Skylanders giants. I'm like, whoa, 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 wait a second. Whoa, 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 whoa. What happened? You said you'd never. Come on, somebody. See, what made him happy the night before no longer satisfied him the next day because he compared. Come on, are you with me? Comparison is a killer. When you lose gratitude over what you have, you start to be jealous over what somebody else has. Oh, you're not going to like this example. I talk to those who are single. And I, I just I want to spend my life with somebody. God sees your desire. He knows your need. But be careful you don't compare your singleness to somebody else's married experience. Oh, well, look, I'm, I'm 32 years old, and yet my friend, 22, she got married last. And it's hard for you to really celebrate that 22-year-old. God, have you forgotten about me? It's getting quiet in here. Somebody said single people are sad and married people are mad. <laughs> I don't agree with that. I think you can be happy in Jesus. Come on, somebody. <laughs> or you've been at your job for five years and you've been busting it, working hard. Somebody gets there and in six months they've already been promoted. Y'all don't want to hear this, do you? You see, when you lose gratitude for what God has given you, then you begin to compare yourself to what somebody else has. It, it made me think of this illustration here. It, it, it's kind of like a rubber band because some of you feel like the dream and desire and the passion of your heart that you're getting further and further and further away from. Almost like Joseph. Joseph had a dream in, in the book of Genesis. And man, it was a dream that came from God filled with promise and potential. But then there was this thing called his brothers that threw him in a pit. And then he went from the pit to Potiphar's house as a slave. And then he got framed and falsely accused and he got thrown into prison. Come on, somebody. Do you see how he's getting further and further away? Can I tell you this? Sometimes in the natural, it feels like it's getting further from what God told you. But the reason he's pulling you back is to launch you higher. Come on. Now, look, if I just pull this back a little bit, it's not going very far. But how many know the further I pull this thing back, the higher, the farther? I want to tell you this. The longer the runway, the higher the altitude. Maybe God's taking his time with you. Don't compare your process to somebody else's process. Come on now. Check it out. There you go, right there. God's doing something unique in you. And if you feel like it's taking longer, I promise you, God has something greater. How many of you, you don't want God to microwave your destiny? Lord, put me in a crock pot. Come on, somebody. 
The lack of gratitude, it creates criticism, comparison. Watch this, entitlement, entitlement. Oh, it's easy to think that somebody owes us something. I heard not long ago a pastor, an older pastor now, God had blessed his ministry and his, his, his church was growing, his influence, his fame was growing and man, God was using him in a mighty way and then he walked through a, a moral failure, lost the church, lost his influence, had to rebuild his, his credibility, lost his marriage. He was sitting with a group of pastors and he said, you know, when we were growing and going, Every single morning I walked into the office, my secretary had my coffee made just the way I liked it. Every morning I walked in and there she was with my coffee. One morning I walked in and she wasn't there. And I thought, where's my coffee? And he said, I looked back and that was the moment where I began to take a downward spiral. Because he was no longer grateful for it, he expected it. How many of you know entitlement will set you up to fail? That's why we say at HPC, we're entitled to nothing but grateful for everything. I think we ought to say thank you every day. I think we ought to find people to thank. When I come to this church on a Sunday, when I pull up in the parking lot, I'm looking for the guys in the orange and I'm saying, hey, thank you, fellas. Thank you for all of the work that you do. I walk in this church, I'm greeted by somebody. Man, we got amazing volunteers and support staff. Hey, thank you for taking care of this house. Thank you for how hard you work. Come on, students. Some of you need to say thank you to your teachers. Some of your children just need to thank your mom and dad. My daughter sent me a text yesterday. She said, Dad, thank you for lunch. Can I write you a check? Come on, somebody. How do you think God feels about us when we thank him for what he's blessed us with? Mm -mm -mm -mm. Entitlement creeps in when gratitude is absent. Look at this. Even burnout. Burnout. And this is true not just in ministry, but, but in life. The absence of gratitude creates burnout. I tell our staff and I tell our team, hey, we love what we do and who we get to do it with. Don't ever come to work out of obligation. Well, I just have to. No, no, no. We come out of passion. Oh, no, not another meeting, not another phone call, not another decision. This person has a need. Oh, what am I going to do? You know, one day the phone's not going to ring. One day, they're not going to want your opinion. They're not going to ask your advice. You won't be needed to solve a problem. So many people say, well, I'm working, working, working so that I can get the reward of time off. I'm working, to t I'm working for the weekend, working for the vacation, working for the sabbatical. The reward is, is getting away. Let me ask you this. Craig Rochelle said this one time. I thought this was powerful. What if the work is the reward? What if what you get to do is the gift, the blessing, the favor of God? Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy 1.12, he says, but I thank Christ Jesus, my Lord, who has enabled me because he, he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. God has you at your job, at that school, in your current assignment, and that has come to you as a gift. Can I have a good Amen. The absence of gratitude creates a lot of negative things. But let me finish with this list. I want to show you what the presence of gratitude will create, okay? This is the good news. This is where we turn the corner. This is what gratitude will produce in you, in your family, in this church. First of all, I think gratitude creates joy. Oh, man, joy. I think the happiest people are the most grateful people. 
I think that those that produce joy and like a magnet draw people to them are those who are thankful. I remember as the kids grew up, we used to watch this thing called uh, Veggie Tales. How many's ever heard of Veggie Tales? Oh, y'all know about Veggie Tales? Come on, it's animated. I mean, it's these fruits and vegetables that teach you about the kingdom of God. Isn't that awesome? You know, Saturday morning uh, fun, Sunday morning values. It's all combined into one. These little vegetables talking to us about the kingdom. Who knew that a cucumber could teach you about gratitude, you know? I remember one little episode. There was this Madam Blueberry. Okay, Madam Blueberry. Y'all remember Madam Blueberry? This little blueberry. Madam Blueberry, because a thankful heart is a happy heart. I've heard it a few times, all right? <laughs> and you know what? Madam Blueberry, she had a little revelation. She had her theology right. If you want to walk in happiness and joy, I think it starts with gratitude. You see, so many people are chasing happiness. But you know what? If you'll just look inside and start to be thankful, watch your level of joy increase. Are you with me? The Bible says in Psalm 118, verse 24, this is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Come on, somebody. Somebody say, this day. Look, I'm not waiting for another day. I'm going to be happy in this day. The Bible says we will rejoice. To rejoice is a choice. You have the responsibility. We take custody of what's happening in here. I can't fix or control what happens out there. I can't determine what happens to me, but I can decide what's going to happen in me. Now, why am I happier about this than you are? Look, quit chasing happiness. Get happy right where you are. You know, you wake up in the morning. Last night when I went to bed, and I, you know this, I pray this every night when I lay my head on my pillow. Lord, if you wake me up tomorrow, I promise you won't regret it. I tell him that every night. And you know what? There's no guarantee of our next breath, much less our next day. I got out of bed this morning and I was like, God, thank you. Lord, you did your part. Now help me to do mine. You see, every day, oh, watch this. Every day comes to you as a gift. How you live it is your gratitude to him. You see, if you want to increase your level of joy, focus on your gratitude. Not only does it produce joy, gratitude creates energy, energy, energy. When you realize how blessed you are, it energizes you to work hard, to make sacrifices, to go the second mile. You know, for us as a church, I pray that gratitude is one of the hallmarks of this house. We, we're not just thankful people. We express gratitude. We show it. We demonstrate it. And when you express gratitude consistently, it's like a thermostat that sets the atmosphere. You know what you love when you come here? Some of you are watching online and you can sense it even now where you are. There's a spirit that's at work among us when we're grateful. And it's just like a thermostat. It sets the atmosphere. When you walked into this building today, you came into a certain atmosphere. When it's set on gratitude, anything other than gratitude stands out. You can see entitlement when it walks in the room. You can see a critical spirit when it walks into the room. You can recognize comparison or, 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 or all of these things. You, you begin to, wait, wait a second, that's not the spirit that we're trying to create. 
You see, gratitude produces energy, helping you to be your best. Now, here's the example that I thought about, and this is, this is familiar. Many of you remember the story of David and Goliath, 1 Samuel chapter 17. Bible says that this Philistine giant, some scholars say he was nine feet tall. Others say he was 13 feet tall. That's a big dude. He's, he's harassing and taunting and tormenting the armies of Israel. And for 40 days, he taunts them. And King Saul, all of the warriors, they're petrified. They're in fear. And here comes a little shepherd boy. He's got his, 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 the Bible says he brought some cheese sticks with him. Went to Little Caesars, had some cuts of cheese, little bread. Yeah, and he's checking out, hey, what's going on? And he hears Goliath harassing and cursing the armies of Israel. And he's like, what? You can't let him get away with that. Don't, you can't let him talk like that. Somebody's got to fight him. And they're, no, 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 no. We, we can't do that. And David said, you know what? I'll do it. Everybody laughed. You got to be kidding me. You're just a boy. Look at this guy. He's a grown man. You know what David said? David said, hey. I remember one day when I was watching my father's sheep. Now, he, he, watch what he does. Watch this. I was, I was caring for the sheep, and a lion came out of the wilderness, and I had a club in my hand, and I clubbed that lion, and I beat him down. Oh, and then I, I remember that day when the bear came out and did the same thing. What was he doing? The very first thing that you did when we started this message we were counting our blessings, were we not? You wrote down three things that you were thankful for. Watch how this works. This isn't just count your blessings, name them one by one. This is not the little kindergarten cut and paste stuff. You know what we're doing? Guess what David did? David had to look back in gratitude so he could move forward in courage. Come on, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. You cannot move forward in courage without looking back in gratitude. David said, you know what? If God delivered me from the lion, if God delivered me from the bear, he's going to deliver me from this Philistine giant. Give me some rocks. Come on. And with a rock in his pocket and God in his heart. Come on, somebody. He had the energy to move forward in battle. When you rehearse the faithfulness of God in your history, you will be met by the faithfulness of God in your destiny. Come on. Can I have a good amen? Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. They all said, oh, Goliath, he's too big to fight. And David's like, no, no, no. He's too big to miss. Psalm 100, verse 4, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. You know what I love about you? You come to the house of God with energy and expectation. In worship, you're thanking God for his faithfulness to you. And looking back in gratitude is moving you forward in courage. Oh, I love it. I love it. Gratitude creates joy, creates energy. Number three, it creates fun. Oh, nobody likes to be around ungrateful people. Sour, pickle-faced Christians. Come on, somebody. Oh, sweet Jesus. Mm-mm. See, your meetings are better. Your services are better. Your lunches are better. Man, I want to go to lunch with grateful people. Come on, somebody. Oh, man, hey, if they're not grateful, hey, if you're not grateful, don't bring me to lunch. Because when that ticket comes, when the bill comes, oh, excuse me, I got to take this call. Oh, I've got to tie my shoe. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I gotta, I'll be, I gotta run to the bathroom. How many know grateful people are fighting over the check? Come on, some. Oh, God's blessed me. I want to pass that blessing on to you. So many people say, well, I'll be happy when. 
I'll be, I'll be happy. I want to enjoy my life when this happens. I'll be happy when I get married, or I'll be happy when I have kids, or I'll be, I'll be happy when I get that promotion, or I'll be happy when I retire. And it's like, wait a second, when are you going to be happy? Won't you make a decision today? Listen, it's not happiness is not determined by what happens to you. You got to make a decision. I'm going to be grateful right where I am. Enjoying where you are on the way to where you're going. You see, I'll be happy when is a race that has no finish line. You're chasing and chasing and running and running. You'll never cross the finish line of that one. Start with gratitude and see how that multiplies joy. It brings energy. Come on, are you catching this? Ah, oh, fun. I love, I love what God is doing in my life, and I love sharing that with the people that God's called me to serve. Now, let me finish. Has this been helpful today? Let me finish. Let me ask the band to come up. Finally, the last, and this list could be forever long, but let me just finish with this. Gratitude creates contentment. The presence of, of gratitude creates a spirit of contentment. When you're thankful for what you have, you don't focus on what you're missing. When you're thankful for what you have, you just don't focus on what you're missing. And this world tries to remind you of what you're missing. The spirit of this world is always, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, upgrade, upgrade, upgrade. What you have, is it good enough? Whoa, whoa, your, your cell phone. <laughs> you mean your, your cell phone doesn't turn the lights on and off? Your cell phone doesn't adjust the thermostat? Your cell phone doesn't, you know, launch a rocket into outer space? You need a better cell phone, my goodness. Ha, huh. gotta have the latest and greatest. I can't believe your car. Hmm. Your car doesn't have keyless entry. Your car doesn't have like those seat warmers and warm your little booty when it gets cold. And uh, your car doesn't have a backup camera. Your car can't auto parallel park. What's wrong with your car? You need better. Your house. You, you, you mean you don't have an alarm? No, no. It's called a pit bull on the front porch. Come on, somebody. Where you at, Ascension Parish? Come on, talk to me, baby. <laughs> I'm teasing. Listen, you know, watch this. When you're, when you're okay with your phone, with your vehicle, with where you live, you know what it does? It frees you up to enjoy your life. You can enjoy it right now. You don't have to wait. I'm, I'm here to give you good news. You know what the good news is? Let, let me give you the secret to having it all. The secret to having it all is knowing you already do. In Christ, well, I got cold chills right there. Woo, that felt good. Man, my life is complete. Now, I may not have everything I want, but God, you make sure I have everything I need. And I told this to Rachel the other day, and I know this may be like a broken record, but I feel like it's important, you know, to, to express gratitude. I'm thankful to Jesus. I'm thankful for the cross. I'm thankful for forgiveness and mercy. I'm thankful for you. I'm telling you, you are so much a part of what God has called and created me to do. I could not do this. Rachel and I could not fulfill the call of God on our life without you. And I told Rachel, I said, you know, there are pastors 
And man, there's some amazing pastors. We, we are blessed. The body of Christ is blessed with some incredible preachers and teachers. There are pastors who have global platforms. They've written books. Man, they're on TV. They, they have uh, tens of thousands of people in their church. And I, I was telling Rachel the other day, I said, babe, this is the honest to God truth. I'm not the most gifted pastor. I know that. I'm okay with not being the most gifted pastor. But I want to be the most grateful pastor. I don't want anybody in this city to be more grateful than Mike Heyman. I don't want anybody in this church to be more grateful than Mike Heyman. I'll tell you what, if you go to a church where the pastor is miserable, <laughs> you need to switch churches. I think the pastor ought to be the happiest person in the church, the most grateful person in the church. May not be the most gifted. And I, I can't decide. I don't determine gifting. God does. But what's on me is gratitude. And if I can raise the level of gratitude, everything around me gets better. Amen. Thank you for listening. Take a moment and subscribe so you can become a part of the community here and stay up to date with what is happening at Healing Place Church. For more information about HPC, visit healingplacechurch.org.